Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and, and welcome to this outspoken event with Sally Piper and Graham Simpson. My name is Stephen Lang, and I'm your host for tonight. I would like to begin our evening by introducing the marvelous Sally Piper. Please put your hands together. <laughs> Sally is a, a former nurse in which she uh, specialized in uh, neurosurgical critical care and has worked in both Australia and the UK. She says of herself that her nursing career informs her writing in many ways, most, most notably when developing human strengths and frailties in her characters. She lived in the UK for many years and still considers Hampshire her second home, but has now returned to Brisbane to live. Sally has had short fiction and non-fiction published in Australia and the UK, and her novel Grace's Table was shortlisted in the 2011 Queensland Premier's Literary Award Emerging or Queensland Authors category. Grace's Table is a novel about Grace and her family. The story is wonderfully sustained. It takes place over a single day, well, less than a day, this, the time it takes to prepare a large family meal for the guests to arrive and the meal to be eaten for almost everyone to leave. Amid the preparation of the meal, the history of her marriage to Dez and the lives of her children and the lives of her own parents unravel before us. Food is central to it all. There's a passage early on which says, it was through food that mother's love was given voice and just as well because in other ways it was mute. Grace marveled at how something warm or sweet could speak like this, how her mouth stuffed with soft, freshly baked scones, sweet jam and cream could take hurt into the stomach and lose it there. It proved to her that food, so taken for granted by some, was a powerful thing. And while this is a lovely image, Sally, it's not really all there is to it, is there? No, not at all. The food, when I first started writing the book, the food was, I wanted to be a character of the novel. I wanted it to actually convey a message. I wanted it to speak of an era. I wanted it to speak of a marriage. I wanted it to speak of friendships. Um, so the food is, is used as a vehicle to deliver all of Grace's deeper secrets in many ways. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not used to, not used <laughs> to using this mic here. I have to keep it. But she she uses it to cover up things as well, doesn't she? She yes. Grace is um, on the surface a wonderful grandmother, but underneath quite a flawed character. She um, she hides behind a food. She is she has used food as uh, to be manipulative. In many ways, Grace is a guerrilla tactician in her own home and uses food as a weapon. Um, but you don't see that on the surface. It's not until you look between the lines with Grace that you start to wonder what her real motivations are with food and how much care she actually shows the food she delivers, but also the food that she delivers, it, the people that she delivers that food to. Yeah. So, I mean, when you say that food is a, a character in the novel, what do you actually mean by that, though? In the way that it speaks about, it's specific, specifically probably about an era of time, that the way that um, Grace is 70 years old and she relives different events and experiences of her life through different elements of the food that she prepares on the day. So, for example, she prepares mangoes and they take her, they are essential fruit to her and they take her back to an early lover. Um, and then we look at things like the carving of a roast lamb and we look at the three generations of men in Grace's family and just by the way that they carved the roast and how that develops the personalities of those people. They're all identifiable by the way they handle a knife and who gets the first slice and who doesn't, who 
who, who the slice is held back for, the good one, the good crispy surface slice. Yeah, there's, 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 a, there's a great line about that, about that first slice, you know, and who's going to get it, um, which absolute horror to me because the idea of lamb fat, you know. I mean, if you gave it to me as the first best guest, I would be kind of quite <laughs> horrified. You know, what am I going to do with this? But. Yeah, but well, Grace's husband Des really liked the first greasy slice, so yeah, so she let him have it in the end. But 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 Des doesn't come off terribly well in this novel, really, does he? No, Des is a complex character. On the surface, he he looks very much like your average 1950s husband, a man that's a product of his time. He was he was badly fathered himself, and he has and has a, a, a bad example of how to be a father to his own children. Um, but there's a deeper layer to Des that we don't get to recognise until much later in the novel, and this is very much about what the novel is about. It's about our perceptions of people, and, and we can think we know the truth about an event or a, or a situation that happened, but with Grace as the only narrator of the story, we only get Grace's truth, and she's, she's flawed herself, so we don't always know what the real truth is, and, and our perception of the other characters is, is a negative one until we turn this on its head and have a, a look at the way that the other people might have been thinking or feeling in this particular experience that this family's been through and we start to see Des in a very different light and some people have had great empathy for Des by the end of the story but others still can't stand him. <laughs> and same for Susan, Grace's daughter as well. Yeah, well, I was, going to, I was going to ask about Susan, her daughter. One of the things about this novel is that, as I say, it's, it's a very sustained book because it, it introduces characters slowly as, they, as the book goes on and each person... It, very subtly, without without kind of, without it being very obvious, each person gets uh, their character delivered to you slowly as they arrive for the meal and get involved. And it's all happening in the kitchen, of course. I mean, although the meal is eaten in the dining room. Mm. But, but, I mean, is there any hope for Susan or is she just going to have to repeat the same mistakes as her mother? I guess the main intention with the novel, for me, was to leave readers with a sense of hope at the end of it. And... Um, I think there's a great sense of hope there. The fact that um, for many years this, this situation or event or experience was never ever discussed with this family and then um, things are revealed and that suddenly it's almost like a licence has been given to them that they can open up and they can talk about it now and um, that it doesn't have to remain in the past. These legacies don't need to be carried forward. You can choose to stop them. You can choose to forgive and um, that's hopefully, and well, that's the hope that I, I hope I've left in the novel for readers. And look, do you think you could give us a, a short reading yes, just to just I'd to get a to. bit of a flavour of the novel? It's actually a scene towards the end that I've decided to read tonight, and it's um, a scene where between Grace and Susan, there's been some major events that have occurred throughout the day. And it's, it's after these events have been revealed and Susan and Grace are having a conversation together. Susan carefully put some of Kath's biscuits on a plate, then poured the boiling water into the plunger. The ground coffee released its fragrant aroma like a freshly opened box of chocolates. Grace had drunk so many cups after Claire, giving her hands and mouth a distraction when her fingers ached to curl into fists and her tongue to spit mean words. Perhaps she should have allowed these hands their freedom, let them punch the wall, scratch, claw, open her mouth to scream at the moon. It might have given Susan and Peter permission to do the same. Susan set the kettle back on the hob, then turned to face Grace. Can I ask you something? Of course. 
Why did you marry Dad? It was a good question, not why did you marry Dad if he made you so unhappy, but rather a simple inquiry about the early spark between two people. Grace thought for a moment. She made her mind go back, past the disappointments and complications, to her earliest, easier impressions. I guess because he made me laugh at first. As a young man, he was very witty, very playful, always ready with a joke. Her early cooking days, before she'd fully honed the skills acquired from mother, had offered him scope. Bloody hell, doll. You meant to pluck a chicken before roasting it. <laughs> I did, Grace said, but not all the feathers would come out. I don't think I had the water hot enough. Sit the next one in front of the radiator, Des said. She might take a coat off for you. <laughs> it was only later that he stopped laughing at her mistakes. But at a deeper level, I was attracted to him because he was risky, dangerous even, Grace said. I didn't want to live as my mother had, afraid to do anything that wouldn't meet with the town's approval. In many ways, he was the opposite of what people in Harvest would want me to marry. That had a lot of appeal. And love? Did you love him? Susan took up a spoon and started stirring the coffee grind in the boiling water. Grace thought back to the dance hall fight. That experience had taught her that love wasn't just an emotion that started as a dull ache in the pit of the stomach and spread to the heart. It could also start as an expectation. I thought I loved him, but what is love really but an alternative to living alone? You look at a potential mate and ask yourself, can I live with this person for the rest of my life? Is he the best match for me? When I was young, they were the sorts of questions I asked myself about love. What I didn't think about was how much we all change in a lifetime. It was foolish to think that mat that match wouldn't alter as well. I'm not sure your father or I like some of those changes. He still cared for you, you know. He told me as much not long before he died. Still, even then, how was he so sure if it wasn't, if it wasn't just familiarity he felt? Susan continued. He said you were a sparky one, but that he'd always loved that about you. He also said you'd never he'd never considered himself good enough for you. How was good enough measured? What defined it? Words, actions, deeds? If those were the yardsticks, then Grace decided neither she nor Des had been good enough. Susan stopped stirring, looked thoughtful. I always considered him a man of his time, she said. A bit arrogant, a bit chauvinistic. A man's man with not a lot of insight into female emotions. But I also believed he was being the only man he knew how to be, so we could forgive him his faults. She gently tapped the spoon on the lip of the plunger before placing it in the sink. Perhaps we were all being the only people we knew how to be, Grace said. Perhaps we still are. Susan put the plunger in position. Sometimes I struggle to know who it is we really are, she said, and pushed slowly. And then there are times I think I know exactly, and I don't like it. Thank you. So, so how did you come to write this novel? Was this a process of something you were working out in yourself, or, or was, this, was it an ambition of yours to write a uh, novel from a long I time ago? I started off with three thoughts for this novel. I wanted the narrator to be an older person. I think... Um, Whilst they're not classed as sexy to write about older characters, I think there's a lot of depth that you can get with an older character. And I like to subvert the stereotypes around the age and that's what I try to do with this book, to make Grace not what popular culture would say a 70-year-old person should be. Um, I wanted food to be a character of a novel. That was really important to me. 
And I wanted the action of the novel to occur in just a short period of time. And whilst it covers 60, 70 years of Grace's life, it, the, act, the actual action of the day just covers probably four to six hours. And so I started off with those things and started writing it in view of writing around the present day and didn't, didn't get anywhere basically because it um, just wasn't coming. And then I started as a distraction, started to write these sh small vignettes about Grace over different periods of their life. And, and once I had about 40 or 50 of those, I actually realised that the reason I couldn't write Grace of the present day is because I didn't know her. So all those vignettes are the flashbacks in the novel that go right back to her rebellious childhood through to the present day. And once I had about 50 of those, I could wrap the story around that. Yeah. Well, it, it works very well. It's, it's a fantastic book. I really enjoyed reading it. Thank and and uh, I wish you all success with it. Thank you very Thank much you. indeed, Thanks. Sally. Thanks very much, David. Thanks a lot.